With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. As we're joined now with Coach Frost. Coach, huge turn there at the, at the turn of the half. Alex Davis gets the big pick. How big was that for just Luke, but not just Luke, but the offense to get a little jolt there at the break? It was big, but we can't be so dumbass stupid early on in the game. We're, we're missing blocks and fumbling and giving them points. We can't get lined up on fourth and one on the ball. This game probably shouldn't be close. We can't do that stuff. I'm tired of it, and I'm tired of our defense coming out and giving up touchdowns on the first drive of the second half. I'm going to lose my mind if they do here. All right, there's Coach Frost at the half as Nebraska leads at 21-16. You're listening to the Husker Cuzcast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler. Nebraska will travel to West Lafayette this weekend to face a struggling Purdue team in a very important game for the Huskers. But first, we need to talk about the loss to Indiana this past weekend, losing 38-31 to for the first time since 1959. Now, Scott Frost was very frustrated at halftime, as you heard in the intro. Uh, what did you make of that halftime outburst there, Derek? Well, I think you're seeing a coach that's uh seeing what's going on he's frustrated i i i you know i he's just as frustrated as the fans are guys and this is not going the way he wants it it's not going the way we want it to but at the end of the day it's still only year two and hopefully we get this thing turned around a little bit more this year and at least make a bowl game but i feel his frustration like you watch this game and you see the the mental mistakes that are being made and it's it's frustrating i it there are times that we looked really good and times that I wanted to tear my hair out. What little bit I have. <laughs> Tyler, uh, did his outburst surprise you? No, nah, not at all. I mean, if, if you've been following this, I mean, his, his tone and demeanor, you know, what, you know, has, has been a little bit more snippy as of late. You know, the rumors about what he's been saying, you know, at the end of games definitely goes on the side of a bit a little bit more intense and, you know, you looked at him on the sideline on Saturday. I have never seen him look, you know, more fed up about a lot of different things. And you know, and I and again, Derek said it well. He he's a he's a Nebraska guy. He's a fan of this program. He he played here. His blood, sweat, and tears went here. You know, and he knows, you know, the team is not getting the job done right now. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not shocked at all by his reaction. All right, well, let's talk about this Indiana game here. What are your overall thoughts on it, Tyler? Man, you know, last week I came on here and said this was a must win. And, and, you know, I meant it. I I really felt for us to make a bowl, we had a win on Saturday. And this was the first game this season that really reminded me of last year's season. Our offense was great. Um, well, I'm sure we'll break this down X's O's a little bit more, but our offense was great. Our defense completely sucked, and 
I it just left me at the end of the game not knowing what the future of the season holds. I really don't know, guys. Derek, what are your overall thoughts? Well, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you guys, look, this is why this game is so frustrating. There, there was a point where Nebraska looked like you were going to start running away with this thing in the first half. You know, Noah Vedral was run, we were running down the field on one on that one particular drive, and it didn't look like their defense had any answer for our offense. First half, we had 313 yards against these guys, and we were we scored 21 points against them. But here's the problem. Noah Vedral fumbles the ball. They pick it up, run it all the way down. And I applaud Vedral for running this defender down, making the tackle. That's fine and dandy. And then the defense gives up a touchdown in one play. So really the tackle is for nothing. Uh, if, if he doesn't fumble that ball, we're, we're, I'm not trying to crap on Vedral because I think he played a hell of a game. But he did not protect the ball at all. He had it in one hand. He bounced it off his own knee. He caused his own fumble, essentially. Uh, but they had no answer for him at that point. So there's a good chance we get 20. We have, we have 21 points on that drive right there. And, and then there's another drive where we drive all the way down the field. We go for it on fourth and one with the ball on like the 16-yard line. We make it. But lo and behold, Mike Williams isn't lined up on the line. So now we have to settle for a field goal on fourth and six. And Barrett Pickering misses the field goal. So, so let me ask you guys this. Let's just say there's 10 points off the board automatically right there, damn near at least. Or you have to assume it's about 10 points off the board, which could have made this game 31-9 to at halftime rather than the 21-16 to that it ended up being. Where does this game go in the second half if we're up thirty-one to nine, rather than just twenty-one sixteen? I would assume that we're going to cruise to victory, and that's what Scott Frost was kind of talking about when he went on that rant. You know, he's we left a lot out there, and you know, we, we could be up a couple of scores. So he saw it. He saw the way that unfolded, and the fact that we couldn't get it done. I mean, it just he blew a gasket, man. <laughs> I, I don't know, you know, at the end, the, the way that we came out in the second half, well, towards, you know, the later part of the third quarter and fourth quarter, would it have made it much of a difference? I mean, would we have been in a big old, a bigger fight? I, I don't know. I mean, we have yet to play four quarters, and I don't know. Tyler, what do you think? Well, I, I mean, you know, you talk about that scenario, Derek, and I think absolutely if that happens, I think we put the game away. I, I do. I think we come out and do it. But, you know, you talk about the second half, Justin. You know, between Northwestern, Minnesota, Indiana, we have now been outscored 42-3 to in the last three uh, third quarters we've played. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you know, whatever's happening after halftime, you know, our offense is just not showing up. And our defense isn't. And, you know, Frost talks about if we give up another touchdown right after 30, he's going to lose it. I mean, and we did it. We held them. And... You know, we then punt it, and they have a. We punt it, and we have our only three and out of the day, um, and give it back to them, and then they score. And, and so it's just, it's frustrating. Um, you guys, I want to pivot here. You know, we I talked about the last week on the podcast. I talked about one of the biggest keys is getting them off the field in the third down. They they were um, top ten in the country or up there in the country uh, on third down conversions, and and right there, if you want to know why we lost that game, it's third down. Um, you know, they, they went uh, a total of eight for 10 on third down. Um, 
third and fourth downs throughout the game. They completed plays of 22, 19, 23, 23, and 11. In the third quarter alone, they went three out of four on third downs. I mean, that right there is why we lost the game. Is In the critical play, we could not get them off the field. And that is because we did not dial up a damn bit of pressure that whole second half. It, it, it's mind-boggling what the hell happened there. How, how do you mean we didn't give up any pressure? There was one play where we drew up six guys rushed, blitzing, and their quarterback, who wasn't really that mobile, ran it for it was on third and seven. He ran it off to the lower half of the screen for about 15 yards. Like, we had six guys blitzing. One guy was on delay blitz, but there were still five guys blitzing right off the bat. I mean, it wasn't that he wasn't trying to dial up the, the pressure. It just wasn't coming. I, it blows me away how bad our linebackers are at this point. Well, that's a fair point on the linebackers, Dirk. But if you want to point out one play that we blitz and they beat us on it, then that's fine. I, I would, I would be, I would beg to say less than seventy percent of their third down conversions we had more than four guys rushing. I, I mean, we did it, and and you're right. The one time we blitz, they beat us for it. I, I just and, – and and so maybe it's not even the blitz. I, we have to generate pressure. We have to. And we're not. And I've sat here and I've defended this defensive line. I've defended this defense. I was big all over them. And they can't de- generate one bit of de- de- uh, pass rush. I'm trying not to swear right now. And it's hard. It's really hard. So, Tom, no, you- Go ahead, Derek. Hold on. Hold on. Here, here's my problem with the defense right now. It wasn't even that we didn't get pressure. Like that, that pisses me off, too. What really pisses me off is we have two seniors getting roughing the passer penalties. You know what? If a guy like Garrett Nelson comes out, a tr- you know, a true freshman, he comes up and comes up with a stupid play like that, I can accept that. But you got two seniors who, who extended drives by stupidly hitting the quarterback. It wasn't even like... Both of them were terrible. It wasn't like either one of them couldn't have let up. They both hit him a good three steps late. It, I call it frustration. Call it what you will. But you're seniors, and you're supposed to be leading this team and showing the freshmen how not to do things. And here you are coming out with late hits. Don't be stupid. Yeah, Tyler, I, I do want to ask you something because you were high on this defense, and you received a question on the hashtag ask. Husker Cuzcast, the new hashtag there. Why has the defense regressed after playing well early in the season? What do you attribute that to, Tyler? I don't know. I, I you know, I saw the question. <laughs> I thought about it. it. It just doesn't make sense to me. You know, why Why this week? You know, this defense all year, I, I think with the exception of Ohio State and, and Minnesota to a degree, has played pretty well. And even mm-hmm. that Minnesota game, it, it was bad. It was really bad. I, I just – a game – where you're wearing the black shirts, you have a bye week, you're not really facing a great offense. Like, why is this a week at home? You just you lay a turd, and I can't figure it out. I, I really can't figure it out. Um, what I think a big part of it is, if I had to attribute it, is is the rotations that we're playing. Um, I guys, I, I I put this on Twitter. I never got an answer. I don't know if you guys got a chance to look in this. I'm not convinced we're rotating defensive linemen enough. Um, I, I'm not convinced that our linebacker depth is great. And, you know, Derek's brought that up. But And I just think that we're getting tired and we're just 
and we're showing it. Well, you keep talking about Indiana like they don't have this good offense. I'm not going to say it's the best offense we've faced all year, but let's remember they're six. They were 16th in passing offense, 25th in pass efficiency, 31st in total offense, uh, 40th in, in scoring the offense. Like their offense is pretty good. Let's not label them as some crappy offense. Uh, but as far as the. Uh, what what frustrates me about this defense is we have games where we shut the run down. I you know the first three games we talked about how great this run defense was because we held up three the first three teams to under hundred yards and we Tyler we sat we sat here and talked about how we didn't have a, a running back with over fifty yards against us for those first three games and then all of a sudden Ohio State and Minnesota come along and just run the ball over us like we don't even have a defense on the field. And now we're sitting here bitching that our pass defense can't stop anything. And it's like, why is it one game we can stop the, the run, but we can't stop the pass? And then the next game we can do fairly well at stopping the pass, but we can't stop the run. It's like, it's just every game there's something that all of a sudden our defense can't do. You know what's interesting? Uh, I don't know, a couple episodes ago, we were talking about the strengths of this team, and we all kind of agreed that, hey, so far the defense – is the strength of the team because of all the offensive struggles that we've had. I, I mean, do you feel the same way now, Derek? Oh, absolutely not. Like, right now, the offense is suddenly starting to look more like the strength of the of the team again. And it's only one game because yeah. for two games before that, three games before that, they didn't show up. And then the defense didn't show up on top of it on two of those games. And it's like, God, it's frustrating. I, 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 You can see why Scott Frost had those frustrations there at halftime. I mean, it's the same thing that the fans have been bitching about for most of the year. I mean, it's been a lackluster year. We're 4-4. Four and four. We still have a chance to make a bowl game. We got two winnable games coming up, which we're going to get into here in a little bit. Uh, but... It it is frustrating because anytime that you think we're headed in the right direction with the defense, defense is playing good. Then the rug is swept out from underneath our feet, and we're just like, "What the hell just happened?" I mean, how did we make Indiana look that great, though? I mean, we did anybody really see him scoring thirty eight? I mean, I, I'm probably the most pessimistic one of the bunch. Well, I am the most pessimistic one. I didn't see that coming, but uh, it it is frustrating. Go ahead. You, you you know you talk about the the frustrations of this year, but you guys, this is like ten years going. Like it is. Th- this isn't like uh, even, this is even a Scott Frost problem. This is a problem that's been going on over the last three coaching staffs. I mean, it, the, the record's getting worse with the, with the only four wins a season the last two seasons. But but it's the same thing. You're in you're basically since we joined the Big Ten, where our defense struggles in two or three games or or more. Every year. Yeah. It's almost like it doesn't matter who the head coach is. We're cursed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Noah Vedra and Luke McCaffrey, though, man, they, they teamed up for a excellent game passing. Tyler, what do you think about that there? That's that's a big highlight, right? Oh, I mean, 100%. I mean, the depth that quarterback is strong, my friends. Um, you know, Noah Vedral played a hell of a game. I mean, he, he looked good throwing the ball. He looked good running the ball. 
Um, then all of a sudden you get Luke McCaffrey who comes in, and and before we talk about his, you know, what his stats look like and all that, what what impressed me the most is how he commanded the team. You saw him going into halftime, high five in, you know, getting everyone jacked up, and you know he did that on the sidelines after he had that first touchdown drive he drove. You know he's talking to people. You know, Adrian Martinez goes over and greets him. I mean, this is a good culture and a good group. You know, I know there's been a lot of coaches' names on the hot seat. And for a bit, a lot of people thought our quarterback coach, Mario Verduza, I think that's how you saw his last name. Uh, Verduzco. 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 Okay. That's pretty <laughs> Come close. Come on, man. That was pretty close. <laughs> you know, his name was talked about because Adrian Martinez, you know, a lot of people felt regressed. I mean, I'll tell you what. There's no way you can get rid of him with the way the depth that this quarterback looks. I mean, I think... That, that position group is easily the strongest strength of this team right now. If only we had anything else around it. <laughs> right. Derek? Well, and, you know, I credit a lot of that to the offensive line, first off, because that offensive line truly looked better this game against Indiana. I, I don't know if it was because Indiana's defense wasn't very good. They rank well, but I don't know if they just had a good blocking scheme against these guys, if they've improved. After that bye week, I, I don't know what the answer to that is. But here, here's my question for you guys. Yeah, and Tyler, you're absolutely right about those quarterbacks. So, like, we we went 20 for 23. There was only three incomplete passes in that whole game. And remember, remember we had a wide receiver throw a ball to, to Vedral as well. And so, but why did we only throw the ball 23 times and run it 50 times? Like, the, the passing, I understand you were a little concerned with uh, McCaffrey throwing the ball. He looked okay. I mean, he was definitely serviceable. I don't want to take anything away from a true freshman kid throwing the ball. But I, I think there's definitely some room for improvement with some of his throws, too. But at the end of the day, he was 5 for 6, and then Vedral was, uh, what was it, 14 for 16. Mm-hmm. And then Spielman was 1 for 1. I, why didn't we just throw the ball just a little bit more? It doesn't have to be 50-50 balance. I'm not expecting that. But... I think maybe throwing the ball could have helped just a little bit more on offense too. Perhaps I don't. I don't know if the game plan was that terrible. I mean, Scott Frost has called definitely worse games than this one. But you know, when you got when you're starting a backup quarterback, who by the way, I think this guy has a he's a legitimate threat to Adrian Martinez right now. I mean, I think that quarterback competition. It is a it's very marginal right now. There there are a lot of things that Noah Vedral did that just makes the offense look smoother, uh, quicker decisions. I, I think he's faster. I think he looks way better running the ball than Adrian uh, okay. Martinez. Okay, I, I get that, Uh-oh. and Uh-oh. I know Uh-oh. he's Throw faster. Throw the bullshit flag, huh? I am th- you, you do realize he averaged three yards a carry. Like I mean, he's so fast, so much better. If Adrian Martinez averaged three yards a carry in a game, people would be crushing him. I get yeah. that he sprints every time he runs the ball, but that doesn't do a whole lot when you sprint into someone. And and I don't want to make this in a Noah Vedral hate thing, but like let's let's he's great. I feel great about a backup situation. He is clearly not Adrian Martinez. Clearly. Not close to, he- he didn't shrink it. I mean, that that's not a yeah. It's okay. not a closer competition. Yeah, c- closer than what I thought it was in June. Yes. Okay, that <laughs> fine. I'm with you. You weren't a fan in June. Uh, in, in, in June, I thought there was a mile gap. 
Yeah, if Adrian Martinez, we'll get to the Purdue, is probably going to start on Saturday. Sounds that way. If he goes out in struggles, I, I will entertain this because Noah Vedral has looked good. But everyone keeps talking about how decisive he looks running the ball. Seven carries for 26 yards. Luke McCaffrey came in. Ran, if you want someone that could run the ball decisively, put Luke McCaffrey in. He's averaging 6.3 yards a carry. He led the team in average yards per carry. More better than Wandell Robinson. Everyone put start him if you want the best runner. But I I, I just think let, let's 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 pump the brakes a little. Let's pump the brakes a All little right. bit here. Derek, what do you think? All right, I, I'm in, I'm in between you guys. Justin, I agree. I th- I think he probably has tightened up that race a little bit or quite a bit. I'll say quite a bit. Uh, at the end of the day, look. We're talking about a low three-star quarterback against a four-star quarterback. Clearly, I believe Adrian Martinez is, is still the better quarterback. Uh, but look, Vedro knows this offense probably better than Martinez does. He's got three year, almost three years under his belt with this offense. Uh, so, I, so I think he probably still knows it better. And he does make some decisions that make it look a little bit uh, cleaner. But at the end of the day, you go with probably your better athlete, which is like it or not, no, still Adrian Martinez. No, Vedral's the better athlete. No, absolutely not. Okay. Uh, look, I, again, I'm probably in between you guys. I do think, and it's probably good. I get like truly that is good for Adrian Martinez as well to have this competition. Like, right? I mean, it's be, and maybe that's half the problem of what of what's going on with him is we started off a year with him as a Heisman contender. Yeah. Like the guy got in his head. I, I think I think some of the hype got in his head. He needs to settle down. Uh, but if I'm the staff, at the same time, I'm, I'm a little bit with you, Justin. I'm, I, right now, Adrian Martinez is my guy. I'm going with him. But I got him on a little shorter leash. And if I have to go with Vedral, I have no problem going that route. I, 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 I think I, we got I, two studs. I, yeah, I, I get. I, I will say this. I I I I I, may, I kind of harsh Justin because he's trying to. He's going a little bit too far, like he normally does. the the, the gap is closer and and if Adrian Martinez starts against Purdue and struggles I'm not saying you should bench him but then now now there's a conversation now now the conversation looks a little bit closer again Adrian Martinez has not had a terrible season that this this myth of him having this awful season is not accurate you take out that Ohio State game he's had a pretty good season um, you know, good turnover ratio. He he's playing some good football. So let, let again, let's just pump the brakes there. But the future in depth is great there, and we still have a kid named Wandell Robinson, who, you know, I still don't love that they're running the kid twenty two times a game. But man, he is making a case to be in the best freshman in the Big Ten. Uh, he really is. He he is he is our. You know, I think among our best offensive players, I'm not ready to crown his ass yet, but he, he is up there, <laughs> um, and yeah. you know, and, and he he's great, and and you know, he had a really good game on Saturday. I, I disagree. I'm ready to crown him. He's probably the best weapon we have. He is hands down. He's the best offensive weapon. I, I, we have. I don't think there's even a question. And as far as being the best freshman right now, I would like to. To ask you who who do you have above him as freshman, as a true freshman or as a, even as a redshirt freshman? Who what player do you have out there that you think has been more needed or more 
impressive than Wondell Robinson at this point. Well, we may talk about him here in a second, but uh, David Bell for Purdue is definitely making a strong case, uh, you know, that he could be in that conversation. Um, well, we will we will definitely get there here in a little bit there. So don't jump don't uh, jump it but, right but, there. But other than that, I mean, he that that's that's the only name in the Big Ten that's standing that competes with him in my opinion right now. All right, uh, anything about special teams that you want to talk about there, Derek? I uh, just just one small thing. I well, I could go on for a while on special teams. <laughs> Quick, <laughs> you, okay. Everybody said we were screwed because we didn't have Barrett Pickering, and then he comes in and goes one for two on field goals. He obviously wasn't necessarily the answer. I don't know what the answer is at kicker. We just don't seem to have one. Whether Even with Barrett Pickering, I'm not convinced we have a great kicker. Uh, you know, I, I think something those special teams have really shown to be really good this year. The, the, the coverage units on, on punts and kickoffs, I think have – been some of the most improved units we've got on this team for this year compared to last year. But why can we not stop kicking out of bounds? Yeah. I I don't know. Your, your coverage answer. is good. Quit kicking out of bounds. Don't worry about kicking down the middle. Just just let your coverage do do what they've been doing all year. Tyler, thoughts on special teams? It's not special. <laughs> It is not. It is not special at all. Hey, uh, there's a little bit of a roster update there in Huskerland. Uh, Miles Jones. Miles Jones has decided to transfer after eight games. Not shocking by no means. Uh, we've kind of speculated that he could be a transfer candidate. But what is shocking is after eight games, he has decided to move on. Tyler, what do you think about all this? You know, you know, roster attrition is nothing new. The transfer portal has just definitely changed college football and the way kids are transferring. Um, you know, with that said, you know, of the 2017 and 2018 class, um, we've had 20 people not pan out. You know, we're, we're batting about 48% of people that are even on the roster, let alone if they're contributors or not. So I, I don't know what to make of this. It, it, it's shocking me this level of attrition we're seeing. Um, as far as the Miles Jones situation, you know, I, I wish the best for the kid. I have no ill will for him. You know, he came to Nebraska as a three star. You know, there was a lot of people that had this thought that he could be what Wandell Robinson is right now. Um, I mean, he wasn't the high school player that Wandell was. I'm not going to crush him. He just he, he was a guy that needed to be probably a junior or senior before he was going to be able to contribute. And he didn't want to wait. My question is why? I mean, like, why is this happening where these guys are just so quick to leave? Are the coaches not, you know, giving them hope for the upside of their future? Are they not painting the picture of them being that senior that gets to the NFL? You know, I, I just I just don't understand the culture of this team right now. Why we're seeing such attrition with these young class. Thoughts, Derek? I I don't have a lot of thoughts on it. I, it's a tra- it was a transition year in 2018. The 2017 class was Mike Riley's class. Uh, it, it's just tra- it's part of the transition. I think it's been a little bit worse. 
for this staff than maybe some other staffs. But I think some of it has to do with the winning. I think some of it has to do with not playing. I, you know, five years, even five years ago, we t- we it was very rare you really talked about a freshman, whether true or red shirt, being a big deal on a team. And here lately, it's becoming more and more. And so I think a lot of these players, as true freshmen and what were in red shirt freshmen, are getting impatient because they're seeing the Rondell Moores and they're seeing the Wandell Robinsons. And unfortunately, I think all of them think they can do it when not all of them can. Well, it's probably so. especially frustrating seeing that, you know, uh, Wondell Robinson is doing all the things that people thought that Miles Jones was going to do, running the ball, catching the ball, you know, as lining up as a wide receiver. But I don't even know if he traveled with the team to Minnesota. But, you know, was he wearing a hoodie in warm-ups if he did travel? I mean, the, the whole timing of the thing is kind of it's like, hey, what's going on there? I don't know. But, no, hey, uh, good luck to Miles Jones. I hope he finds somewhere where he can showcase his talents. Uh, we've had nothing but off-seasons where we've heard nothing but good things said about Miles Jones. It's a shame that we didn't get to see it this year. You know, uh, there's been opportunities where he could. It's not like that. Seems like we're that deep at wide receiver. And I mean, but, you know, good luck to him. Uh, Am I going to throw us off if I talk a little bit about the recruiting right now and where we're at? Justin, you're the host. Go ahead. ahead. We can save it for the bye week if you want. You want to save it for the bye week? You want to go? We can save it for the. We'll save it for the bye week if you prefer. Well, it's up to you. I mean, I feel like this could be a fifteen-minute segment. Derek, what do you uh, think? We, we, uh, we better. I, 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 let's save it for the okay. bye week. We got we got one more game coming up, and then we got a bye week anyway. So, so, so teaser. Uh, I think I think we're gonna talk a little bit about the culture of this team, and where we're going from a recruiting standpoint, and how the recruiting efforts may not be leading to the culture. I have a I have a theory on this that. I bounced off the cousins oh. today, so I kind of want to get into that next week. So, oh, I, I can't wait for that. But let's take a break to talk about somebody we trust and use, and that's my bookie. My bookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college sports action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So, if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at my bookie. Best part is, if you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000. That's double your initial deposit you can use on all your favorite picks. Use promo code LATEFEES to activate the offer. That's promo code LATEFEES, one word, double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, Derek. Let's take a look at this Purdue team. The Huskers will travel to West Lafayette to face a 2-6 Purdue team coming off the heels of a 24-6 loss to Illinois. This is a very winnable game for the Huskers, like the staff said last year. But uh, is that still bulletin board material? I don't know. Uh, You're right. It's a winnable game. And if Purdue, if you're listening to me, hey, go kiss my ass. I don't care. You're two and six right now. You've played a couple decent games. Uh, you know you're on your backup quarterback who got pulled last week because you got annihilated by Illinois. Uh, th- this is a winnable game. Their defense is atrocious. That 
they have an offense, guys, and they, and they can throw the ball around like Indiana did. Their 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 stats passing wise are fairly even to what Indiana did. They're uh, they're slightly under what Indiana did. Indiana averaged three hundred and seven yards coming into our game, and now in in Purdue averages three hundred and one. So I mean they're they're really pretty even. They they can't run the ball. They're one so they're one dimensional. They're 129th in the country in in rushing offense, only averaging 68 yards a game. Their turnover differential is atrocious. Uh, they they haven't gotten a lot. Of, they haven't pulled a lot of turnovers on defense. In fact, they've only got eight total turnovers for the season, guys. Uh, Nebraska's sitting at 12. So that's it's a it's, that's a battle that Nebraska should be able to win. They're they're turning the ball over quite frequently. Uh, I, I, they have some good receivers. Uh, I know Tyler's going to go into David Bell, so so I'll, I'll just go ahead and leave him for for Tyler. Uh, but it's not just him; it's their tight end Bryson Hopkins. I, he's almost as much to worry about. Uh, in the way our pass defense played last week. That scares you a little bit, but I don't. That their defense is nowhere near where Indiana's defense was. All right, Tyler, what are some ways Purdue can exploit Nebraska? Well, I mean, Derek kind of, you know, killed my lead there, but they they've got weapons. They got weapons for days, and and you know, I I they're going to score points on us Saturday. I mean, let, let's just get that out of the way. They're going to throw the ball on us. David Bell, besides Rondell Robinson, might be the best. Uh, player freshman in the Big Ten, um, you know he is phenomenal. He has 653 yards receiving, um, and then you know, and Derek talked about Hopkins, 441 yards receiving. They are going to be able to move the ball through the air. I that that's going to happen on Saturday. Um, you know, you take that out. You know, you look at other things. I mean, Purdue, while they're two and six, like Derek points out, they also played a one touchdown game against Minnesota and a one score game against Iowa. They have been competitive. You know, three of their losses, if you count uh, Nevada, have all been one-score games. You know, this is not this is not a gimme game. This is actually a game that scares the shit out of me. For, when you have a team that you know is going to put up points and a team that you know is going to exploit a weakness that we showed last week, you know, what, I mean, I, I are we going to be able to outscore them on the road? That's, that's the million-dollar question. So, Derek, uh, in what part of the game does Nebraska have the advantage here against Purdue? You're on mute, bud. Sorry, sorry. Uh, this is probably the worst defense we've faced since probably Northern Illinois. Uh, so, I, Tyler, yes, we better be able to score against these guys. Their, their defense has given up. Well, well uh, sorry, uh, 28, almost 29 points a game, 74th in the country. They give up a lot of yards. They they don't the only thing they're decent at on defense is is stopping them on third downs, which Nebraska could take a little bit out of their page on defense, but <laughs> but defensively they're just not a good team. And and I I honestly believe that whether Martinez comes out or Vedral comes out, we're going to move the ball on these guys. And again, it's going to come down to quit screwing up and quit fumbling the ball. 
You know, that killed us twice last last week. And the only good thing about this team, they've only recovered two fumbles all year. So <laughs> they're not really good at forcing fumbles, and they're not really good at recovering them. So Nebraska needs to and should be able to score a lot of points on this game. And, Tyler, you're right. They're going to score some points on this defense because I'm not convinced that we're going to shut their pass, defense, their pass offense down. However... It's going to be one-dimensional. So do what you need to do to get pressure on this quarterback. Uh, That's what Illinois did, and I understand the weather played a little bit into that too. But the the plumber, uh, I forget his first name. I'm sorry. Jack Plummer. It's not Jake. Jack Jack. Plummer. There you go. Jack Plummer. He he doesn't do well under pressure. Uh, You know, he threw a couple – he's been throwing a lot of interceptions while he's been under pressure. So – we need to get back to the way we played defense earlier in the year and start picking the ball off against this guy. He's not a great quarterback. Uh, he, he's serviceable. Uh, Rondell Moore, I even if he comes back in, how rusty is he going to be after not playing for over a month? Uh, I, I, David Bell's going to get his yards on us most likely. Bryce, Bryce, Bryson Hopkins. He's the one I think scares me the most right now. He's a big, athletic tight end. So, and Derek, our, I, I don't know that our linebackers are going to line up well with him. So, Derek, you're talking about Rondale Moore coming off the big layoff. I mean, Adrian Martinez is coming off a layoff also. Does that scare you as well? Uh, slightly. I the thing that bother the thing that I. I eases my mind a little bit there is what we talked about earlier, where Vedral. I, I know Vedral can come in and do just fine. So if he is struggling, I expect the staff to say, ah, you're not ready. So, Tyler, if Rondale Moore, if he does play, how bad does that scare you? I mean, Rondale Moore is among the best players in the Big Ten. Scott Frost talked about that in his press conference. I, I, You know, his year is probably not as explosive as his last year. But, I mean, he, he is still being been productive when he's out there. I, Rondale Moore, there is not a guy in our secondary – and not many guys in the country that can match up with him. There's just – there's not. And, you know, you add him on there. It's not even what he can do. It's what allows for the other weapons. You know, David Bell is going to get more singular coverage. I mean, it, it, you have to scheme around Rondo more if he's on the field. Um, you, know, you know, Derek, you kind of talked a little bit about, um, you know, the Purdue's defense. Again – we have identical defenses right now. So so this game is going to come down to offense. And and on the road, you know, does our offense translate into the position where we're going to be able to outscore them? I, I just don't know that answer. So the over-under on this game is 58. Derek, if you had to bet that line, what what, what direction would you take? I'm going over all day long. I might go over in the first half on that. I mean, I mean, Derek's joking here. The funny thing is, it was 55. The people, I mean, this is definitely, you could tell, one of the hot bets in Vegas. It was 55 yesterday. Yeah. Opened at 54. I Opened mean, at 54. Vegas got that wrong. Shot 58. I mean, why did we not jump on that? I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I think a, probably a better line is in the 60s. Um, I don't know where, but... Yeah, 66, I mean, probably, probably, probably a better line. I mean, and just 
you know, at the end of the day, I think a lot of people right now are looking at this Purdue game and they're looking at that Illinois game. And and they they struggled against Illinois. There there's no doubt about it. But if you watch that game, that that game could not have been worse for Purdue. The the weather conditions were terrible. You know, it, they can't run the ball. Derek talked about that. So you can't throw the ball because of the monsoon. Illinois has actually been playing better football. I think they're a little bit of under the radar team right now, how they've been playing lately. They beat Wisconsin. You know, it, it just it wasn't a fair game. You take that Purdue game out, um, that Illinois game out, Purdue's top ten in the country in passing. Um, you know, Plummer as a backup has played really, really well coming in the game. You know, he very much like Noah Vedrill. So I again I think with him playing on Saturday and you know they're, they're gonna get the ball moving. It, it's God, I, this game scares the shit out of me, guys. I gotta be honest. So I mean, just the fact that they are so one-dimensional. I mean, they struggle running the ball. Of course, with our defense, they'll probably they'll probably run for 150 yards against us. Uh, I mean, but- oh, I, I, I somehow doubt that. You know what? Their run D or their run offense is even worse than Indiana's, and Indiana only had 104 yards rushing on. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, this is. This I, is I don't think they're going to run the ball on us. This it, is just one. The of those problem games. is they might have 400 yards passing. That's going to be the problem. But don't you think this is one of those games where you know we'll probably try to overcompensate with for the uh, the passing attack, and it'll just leave allow them to gash our defense. I mean, shit. It, it may be just like. Two or three plays where they get chunk yards to get that. It, this, it just has the feel of that because it just Possibly. never fails with our defense. But you guys keep talking about Rondell Moore. You guys realize he's not on the depth chart well, still, they, right? But they talk- like, there's no guarantee yeah, well, he's back. But Jeff Brom said he wasn't going to. He, he didn't feel the need to talk about a depth chart. Well, and, so there's a couple. That's fair, but he's not on the depth chart. Like there is a depth chart out, well, and he's I not mean, on. I, I, again, I don't. I, I, I. He did. He did name. He did name Jack Plummer as starter. Yeah, I. I, I so I mean, he, he may not want to talk about his depth chart, but he's put again, one out. I mean, you know, their leading rusher. I'm not going to be able to pronounce his last name, but his first name is King. Um, he has 289 yards and three touchdowns on the year. Uh, you know, King Duru. Is that how we say his last name? Doru, I, I mean, I, I don't know what the guy can do. I mean, he obviously hasn't been explosive. Um, but I'll be honest. I mean, you know, are, are we outside of quarterbacks? Are we that great at running back? I, you know, when you look at this game, I think one of the things that comes down to is Purdue is not healthy. And right now there's a lot of guys up in question mark. You know, if you look at their original depth chart, Two of their starting uh, front seven are have been are questionable for Saturday. Um, you know, obviously we know uh, Rondell Moore is questionable on Saturday. I still think he could make the depth chart and play. Um, I, I just think we don't know exactly what this Purdue team is going to be bringing in. Um, and, and don't underestimate Nebraska on the road. Our defense has yet to travel even decent on the road under the Scott Frost era. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I want to believe our defense is going to be a little bit better Saturday. But the, the the end of the day, are we going to be able to score 40, 45 points is what I think we're going to need to do to be able to win this game. 
I don't know if we need to score quite that much, but I think you're uh, still just going to die by the sword on this defense. Like I, Tyler, you're right. We're going to have to outscore these guys, but I, I just don't see where you think our defense is going to show up well, at all. First team to 40. Like, first team to 40 yeah, wins. Is that fair? That very mo- Yeah. Possibly. I, that's not quite what I have. We'll get to that when we do score predictions, but I, I, I don't know. We'll see. All right. Well, we will get into score predictions here in a bit, but uh, let's get to the games of the week. These are games picked straight up. Tyler, give us the updated standings. Right now, we're, we're all having a pretty good year. We're, we're 40 and 10. College game day wishes they were as good as the Cuzcast. So uh, let's 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 keep the success going, boys. All right. Uh, first game: Northwestern at Indiana. Indiana is eleven and a half point favorites. Tell yeah, me. after Indiana won last week, um, you know I'm buying a little bit more stock in the uh, Indiana program. I don't know what's up with Northwestern. Um, they're not the same right now. They can't score. Their offense is not there. They even allowed Iowa to score over 20. I got Indiana in this game. They probably even cover. Derek? Uh, I I absolutely agree. Uh, Northwestern, Tyler, You, I don't know why you're so surprised. You called them one of the, one of the worst team in the Big Ten West to start the year, and now it's looking like they probably are. I, I, Northwestern's terrible right now. They can't score on offense. Uh, their de- their defense is, in fact, their defense is giving up twenty over twenty four points a game. Their offense is only scoring ten points a game. So I, I don't see. I think Indiana wins this game pretty big. I'm I'm going with Indiana also. And Tyler, I just want to mention, you know, in the past when we do our preseason picks for the Big Ten, usually we are on the Indiana bandwagon. And we've been on the Indiana bandwagon every year except this year, right? And, of course, look what they do this year. <laughs> We're not on their bandwagon. They're already bowl eligible, looking like we're all – I mean, we all have them picking up their seventh win. I mean, we were just – we were late to the – we were too early to the party. I mean, we showed up too early. We were on the Indiana bandwagon three years ago, two years ago, whatever it was, but – Anyway, nobody likes the early arrivals. I know. I, I don't know. know what to tell you guys. Yeah, but anyway, game number two, number fifteen, SMU at number twenty-four, Memphis. Memphis is six-point favorites. You know, Tyler. SMU um, has been one of the surprises of college football this year, but I think with the momentum and all the accolades of being this being the marquee game of the weekend, in a lot of people's eyes. Um, I, I think Memphis is going to play pretty well at home. I like Memphis in the – I would call it an upset based off the rankings, but off the spread, obviously their favorite. I got Memphis in this game. Derek? I, I'm taking Memphis for home field. I It's at, it's in Memphis. I, I I think they win at home, but I, I don't think they cover. I think this is a close game. It could be a – it's going to be a shootout. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if SMU pulled out the win, but I think just home field, I'll give it to Memphis. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I actually have SMU winning. I think this will be a close game. Uh, I know SMU, they don't they don't seem to travel very well, but I think for some reason I'm, I'm going to give SMU the win here. Plus I need to distance myself from you guys. Number eight, Georgia, minus six and a half versus number six, Florida uh, in Jacksonville. Tyler. 
God, this is a tough game. Um, I think this is actually a, a really competitive game here, but I'm going to go with Georgia on, I guess you would call it the road because it's in Florida, but, you know, neutral site game. I got Georgia winning this game. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think that since they lost to South Carolina, I think that was kind of their one turd of the season. Um, you know, I think they're going to rebound. They're a better team than Florida is at this point. I got. I think they're going to pull off the victory here. Derek, I disagree. I think Florida pulls out the win. Look, Georgia, you talk about that South Carolina loss where they scored 17 points in two overtimes, and then they went on and played Kentucky. And, yeah, they shut Kentucky out, but their offense only scored 21 points. And this is probably the best defense they're going to face out of all three of those games with Florida and and probably the best offense they're going to face. I think Florida pulls it out. I'm with Derek on this one. Give me Florida. Uh, my, you know, they're getting six and a half. This is a candidate where I would probably put a little bit of money on Florida. I'm that confident in this one. Uh, game number four: TCU at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's three point favorites. Yeah, obviously TCU is traveling in this game, uh, but they're off the hot victory against uh, uh, Texas last week. I think they carry that momentum and beat Oklahoma State on the road. Derek. Again, I disagree with you. I think I think TCU comes in a little hungover after beating Texas. Uh, I think just as just as much as they're excited they beat Texas, I think Oklahoma State just beat Iowa State, who was ranked at the time. I think Oklahoma State has a better, slightly better offense. Uh, I think this is a shootout. I could see either team winning, but I'm going to go with Oklahoma State at home. And I, if if you're betting, bet the over in this game. Because I, I, last I seen it was at 60. Yeah. And both teams are scoring a crap ton of points, and neither one has a great defense. I like, so. I like that over also. I'm, I'm taking TCU just because I'm going to high-five them for beating the shit out of Texas. I mean, that goes a long way in my heart. So give me TCU. Last game, number nine, Utah, three-and-a-half-point favorites at Washington. Tyler. In the last four games, Utah has given up a total of 23 points. One of those opponents they played was Washington State. Um, they just shut out Cal, held ASU to three points a week before that. I, I think Utah's defense is the premier defense in the Pac-12. I think they're a little bit under the radar. I think they go on the road and win this game. Derek. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. Utah's defense is just too much. They're only averaging a little, little over ten points a game defensively. Uh, I, I find this being a very low scoring game. Boring but game. I, I think it. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a Big Ten type game, just in the Big Twelve. Yeah. Uh, but but at the end of the day, Pac-12. I think Utah is a slightly better. Yeah, I'm sorry. I think I think Utah is a slightly better team. Yeah, I'm taking Utah. This this game really bores me. I don't even know if I'll watch this game. I mean, there's nothing about this game that interests me whatsoever. Maybe it's just Pac-12. I don't know. Uh, next segment, best bets. Uh, all of these picks are against the spread. This is the chances for the Cousins to make you some money. And again, like as we mentioned, mybookie.ag. Uh, go ahead, sign up. And get your 100% match using the offer code late fees. Tyler, what is your best bet? Oh, you of don't the want week? to do a standing? Nope, okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I want to hear the standings. Go Tyler. ahead. Go ahead. We, we were, were terrible, terrible last and we've week. been terrible in the season. It, it's we funny. You would think the way that our best bets have gone, we would be homeless. Um, especially Justin, who is one and eight on the year. I like to throw shade at him, but I'm not doing much better. I am three and six, and Derek, you are leading at four, four and one. So I, I guess, I mean, I you're still losing money, uh, <laughs> but you're at least uh, a little bit close. Well, t- not technically. Technically, well, I'm tied you're, you're, for the year. Yeah, the juice. The juice will kill you, brother. The juice but, kills you. Don't drink yeah. the juice. But my best bet, I. <laughs> Somebody should have told me that before the Husker season when I was drinking all yeah, that Kool-Aid. Yeah. My, my best bet is going to go to Georgia Tech. Um, Georgia Tech is a 7.5-point underdog against Pitt. The last time Georgia Tech played, they beat Miami. Um, the last time Pitt played, which was last week, they lost to Miami. Um, you know, I don't want to use a transitive property, but I think them getting 7.5 points and them coming off a of bye week, I think they're they're ripe to cover this spread. Derek, what's your best bet of the week? All right. Well, I I started off so strong on this whole segment, and I, I think I'm going to get back on track this week. So, uh, Indiana. Look, guys, Northwestern. Tyler, I, I was completely wrong on Indiana. I had them tied for first with Nebraska in the West, which shows you how far off I was. But at the end of the day, they, they've turned out to be probably the worst. Not probably. They are the worst team in the Big Ten West. I think Indiana is on a very upward trend. Their offense, I think, is way too much for Northwestern's defense. And I don't think they can score points because they haven't scored points against anybody all year. So I I, I had uh, Indiana at minus 12, which is where, where I got it. But I bet that all day long. All right, guys, I'm getting the second win of the year here. I got Bowling Green minus six at home against Akron. Akron is 0-8 on the year and 0-8 against the spread. Now, Bowling Green, they're not very good at all, but Akron has only scored three points in the last three games. Bowling Green will cover six points easy against this game. Uh, Again, they're at home. So take Bowling Green to the bank. Double down on all your losses that you've had this year. Make that money back and do great things with your life. Just listen to me, right? All right. Score prediction time. Uh, Nebraska minus three at Purdue. Uh, Tyler, how do you envision this game panning out? And what is your score prediction? Well, I think this is going to be a shootout. I mean, I think I alluded to that. I think um, Nebraska... You know, we're looking like we're going to have a healthy Adrian Martinez. I, I am just not convinced that we're going to be able to score the points that we need to score to keep up with them. Um, I think Nebraska loses this game 38-35. to 35. Wow. All right, Derek. Oh, boo. Go to bed, Tyler. You drank too much. Well, let's be clear. Uh, me, me picking Nebraska, look, per, per, me picking Nebraska just... has not helped us this season. So maybe, maybe <laughs> the juju goes the other way on this one. Well, let's hope. Uh, I, I can't do it. I can't rightfully think that we're going to lose to a 2-5 and five team. I, Purdue, I told you guys from the get start of the year, their defense was going to be atrocious because it was atrocious last year. Uh, their offense only had three returning starters. I thought they were going to struggle offensively, and, and rightfully they 
pretty much have. Other, I mean, they throw the ball well, but overall, offensively, they're they're a one. They're ranked one hundred in scoring offense. Uh, they're ninety third in in total offense. They're they're going to score some points on our defense because our defense isn't very good. But I have Nebraska winning thirty eight twenty eight. I don't think that Purdue's good enough to really beat Nebraska. The only thing that scares me on this game is we're on the road. All right, guys. Uh, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but I'd love to. Uh, I want to remind you guys that I am 8-0 and in picking the Nebraska games this year. I suck at best bets, but picking the Nebraska game, 8-0. Uh, this game, I, I agree with you, Tyler. I think this is going to be a shootout. And I have the score uh, ending in 38-34 for Nebraska. Nebraska is going to go on the road, and they are going to get the win there in West Lafayette. So I'm getting ready to go 9-0. Nebraska's dreams of a bowl game, they're going to remain alive. Got to get that after Maryland. But, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a uh, nail-biter, guys. I just feel it. It's going to be... One of those things, but you know what? It's just like every other single game this year, you know? It's the little mistakes. What are the little mistakes that are going to chime up and bite us in the ass? And that's the part that scares me. But I think with everything that's gone on this week, you know, there might be a little bit more attention to detail and doing the right things. Uh, and so I think that might just be enough to where Nebraska can get the win. So... Thoughts? I hope you guys are right. I mean, again, I, I think, guys, I really don't want to go into the next week's podcast and talk about a 4-5 and five team. I really don't. Um, this is a show-me game. Guys, you guys both think we can win. I'm a little bit more skeptical. Um, you know, th- this, you know, Frost talked a lot about what, what happened this week. We've heard a lot of press conferences. I'm right now in the show-me. Show-me something. And, and I, and... Until proven otherwise, that's where I'm going to stand probably for the rest of the year. All right, well, you're turning into me. (laughs) I I said it before uh, the Northwestern game that I thought Purdue was our easiest game left on the schedule. I continue to believe that this is our easiest game left on the schedule. And I I think think this is – Tyler, you talked about last week's being – last week's game being a must-win. I think we all kind of came to that agreement. But I think this is a must-win game. I think the the staff knows that. I I sure hope they know that at this point. I I think the team's got to know it. Uh, You have to win this game. I don't care if it's on the road. You have to win it. You know what, guys? If we do not win this game, we do not go bowling this year. it, it's tough not. to imagine. There's we no don't way. go bowling. I'm I mean, gonna say never say. I'm gonna say never say never on that one until it's actually dead. But no, I'm with you guys. I mean, this this and that, and, and again, right now, I don't think we're going bowling. I I just think that this team is just they're not right. They're just mm. they're they're just they're, 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 they aren't right. They're, they aren't There's right. just not you you outside of quarterback play. In you know you look at Wanda Robinson and J D Spielman. You know, there there is nothing else to love about this. There's no defensive player that's playing great right now. The offensive line had a good game against Indiana. I I mean, a pretty good game, but I'm not. God, they just they gotta show me, show me it this Saturday, Husker. Show me it. 
Is it fair? You talk about the defense. So let's just go back to this for just one more second. Is it fair to say that DiCaprio Boodle is like the most disappointing player on defense I, so I far this year? I think that's very year? fair. I mean, you know, this is a guy who I thought had NFL aspirations, and I still do. I think he could get there. Um, not the way he's played this year, but he's got talent. And But, yeah, he, he is um, – he's not – I mean, he's – he is the most disappointing player on this roster this year. Who's our best defender Probably. on defense? Probably Lamar Jackson. Who's that I'd number say. one guy? Derek? <laughs> I don't know. That's a tough one, uh, isn't it? It, it, it is tough. Uh, I would probably still lean a little towards Mo Berry, but... He hasn't really been so great that I would call him the best. I, I but I guess I, I outside of that, I don't know. I I think who else to pick. I think there's probably in my eyes uh, the top three candidates: Mo Berry, uh, Cam Taylor, Britt, Lamar Jackson, uh, Darian Daniels. Daniels is in that conversation. Maybe. I think you know you can't. I don't think that. No, he's not I, putting I mean, up I, any stat lines. I mean, I mean, no, but, but I he's think not, he's doing his job. Yeah, as he's doing his job. Davis twins but, have had a okay. I mean, I don't think they're the problem. JoJo is a fan favorite. I mean, there's players, but they, they're but, all flawed. They're all well, flawed. fan favorites. They, they, they yeah. all even even Cam Taylor Britt. I mean, the guy is a is a home run or a big mistake. I mean, so anyway, anyway. all right. You know what? I'm cha- I'm changing my I'm changing my answer. Garrett Nelson. <laughs> he's the most fun to watch. He's my he's my MVP for defense so far. Luke Rymers, damn it, Luke Rymers. <laughs> hey, uh, Tyler, have you ever seen the movie Slap Shot? I no about hockey. All right, so Derek hasn't seen Slap Shot either, but God dang it, I, I guess I'm really dating myself right here. There's a 1977 movie movie with Paul Newman, and it's about minor league hockey, I guess. And there's these three triplets called the Hanson brothers. And they had, they had the long hair, and all they did was just brawl. They just brawled in every single hockey game, right? The Davis twins is Nebraska's version of the Hanson brothers, the Hanson triplets. They just go out. They just beat the shit out of people. They're undisciplined, get penalties. But they're fun to watch, I guess. All right. So that was a little... Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> hey, we need to get in the last call, guys. Oh, we We're haven't even hit last call. call goes the NCAA. Last call to you, Tyler. The NCAA just passed a new ruling that is allowing players to make profit and make money off of their, uh, you know, their likeness. Um, this is a major change in college football. I don't know where the ramifications will land on this, but the one thing that if this does go into final effect means we have a good shot of getting NCAA football back. That is my all-time favorite video game. I may be, buy a video game console just to play that again. But college football is a change, yeah. and boys, I don't know where it's going to land. Scary, scary. Tat or Derek, thoughts? It, it's definitely scary. Uh, if it gets NCAA football back for the PlayStation, that's great, I guess. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, Dabo Sweeney has already come out and said – that he may think about quitting coaching college football if the players start getting paid. 
and I would hate to see, as much as I don't like Clemson, and I'm not a big Dabo Sweeney fan, I would hate to see this guy not coach football because of this. He's uh, he's the only one who can, can, can compete with uh, dipshit in Alabama. So, <laughs> Hey, I don't know how they're going to police all this stuff. I'm really curious on what the details, on what all of this entails. This... It could be great. It could be bad. I don't know. We, we just don't know enough yet. Uh, but, you know, players, they deserve a little bit of the pie. You know, they're, they're putting in the work. So let's just see I, how that is. How I, the just, guidelines real quickly, come out, just so you know, there the is pie, a, so. I believe, a senator in North Carolina after this was passed who went out and said it, yep. he is trying yeah. to propose a new law that it, uh, NCAA players will begin to get taxed. Uh, since they're going to get paid, tax on their scholarships. It, uh, for, I mean, that's like a Dick, Dick Burr, move I right think. there. Isn't that his name? I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, they, they, oh, yeah, we can make some money. Yeah. And now all of a sudden the baseball player's like, wait, what? We're going to get taxed on this? <laughs> We're screwed. I mean, yeah. so, because no one watches college oh, baseball. There's no likeness revenue coming oh. in for college baseball. Yep. There's one in three of us that do not watch college baseball. Last call to you, Derek. <laughs> well, good thing I'm not doing college baseball, I guess. Uh, I, I, but I am going to stick with baseball, speaking of which. Uh, you know, the damn World Series, boys, I know I kind of did this last week. Turns out it's one of the best World Series I think I've ever seen. The road team has won every game to include tonight, which I, it's not quite over, but it is seven to two. Uh, Washington's about to win the game with two outs left, so let's just assume they're going to win this game. And I can honestly say, guys, I don't know if I've ever watched a World Series where the road team won every single game. I thought Houston was out of it after they lost those first two games, and they went into Washington and. Won all three of them. Now here they are back at home losing again. It, it's been exciting. I, I love baseball and go for it. Clearly the best part of this World Series is the two girls flashing their tits behind home plate while Garrett Cole is pitching. That was clearly the best moment of the World Series. <laughs> Sorry, Nancy. I was your son. Justin, <laughs> you just took Justin, you took my take on she that. I did not see that anyway. live. But, I mean, there's been a lot of boobs in this World Series. I mean, the the home teams have been boobs, boobs behind home plate. I mean, there there I mean boobs for days in this World Series. Hey, hey, you know what, NFL? You no longer have to worry about the Janet Jackson nip slip. MLB has this covered for a long time. Hell yeah. God bless America, man. America's best pastime. (laughs) America. All right. Uh, Last call to me, and I'm going to go give a Nebraska ball update. Next week, the Huskers will open their season at home against UC Riverside. Game will be at 8 o'clock on BTN. That's while we're doing the podcast. Uh, This is going to be the first real look that we'll have at this new team. I'm really excited. How excited are you, Tyler? This football season's been depressing. The volleyball team just lost to Purdue. I think the football team's going to lose to Purdue. Man, I, I, I need I need some joy out of Husker Nation. I, I, I'm I pretty pumped for this season to see what the, the boys bring. Yeah, absolutely. Derek? 
Uh, I don't think they're going to be very good this year. I think we have the right coach, but I think it's going to be a tough transition year. And I don't see us winning a lot of games this year. Hopefully we at least win UC Riverside. God, I, you know, it's a disservice that we don't get to talk about uh, more Nebraska ball. But maybe we can make time if we lose to uh, Purdue. Uh, hey, let's get out of here. Special thanks to Connor Russell for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuscast on Twitter, at Husker Cuscast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and now BigEdsMedia.com. Rate, review, and subscribe. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll be back next week to recap Purdue. See you then, and as always, go Big Red. Yeah.